What is going on, everyone? This is episode 54 of the Attacker Sale Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Carter Noble, joined by our fantastic co-host, Carl Wilkin. Carl, what's going on today, man? We had a big shakeup in the world of modern on Monday. Uh, Watsy came down with the ban hammer uh, for the modern format. We had Mox Opal removed. We had Oko removed. And shockingly, we also had Mycosin Flatus removed. I guess it's like just like a preemptive because once you take out like Opal, uh, Opal and Oko, like the next best deck's probably going to be some Karn the Great Creator deck. So then it's like, we'll just take Lattice out too. That seems fine. I I think it is a very good quality of life change. Um, just because like it, the Karn lock has been like, it's been good for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it before we got Modern Horizons and then just, you know, Modern Horizons fucked everything up. And, you know, yet again, because of it, we're seeing more bands here. Um, but just like, it, it goes to show you just how insane of a year 2019 was when like, again, like we're seeing cards banned because of it. And like Oko continues to get banned in every format. Yep. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, it was Saffron Olive tweeted something about, uh, Oko since its induction has been banned in a format every month on average. <laughs> <laughs> So just like, yeah, that that seems about right. This this card is absurd. It's going to continue to be absurd. And if you want to go play it, go play it in your Mox Opals and Legacy. Yep, go play Storm. Uh, I know TS Storm is currently playing a play set of Mox Opals in their decks, so you can, yeah. go, you can go play TS. That'd be fine. Yeah, Tess is, Tess is really sweet, especially uh, they are main decking Veil of Summer now. It's just like, alright, cool, you have interaction. What if you didn't? What if it means nothing? <laughs> and like, I mean, this probably won't be the last time we talk about uh, Legacy today. We are also, uh, we're going to talk about the bands a little more here. Uh, we're going to recap the SCG Open in Knoxville, and there was a Grand Prix down in Austin. Unfortunately, these results kind of are just completely invalidated because we have bands from Monday. Yeah. But... That doesn't mean that like it doesn't give us a good idea of where the format's heading. Um, that's that's kind of why we're going to go over the results of them, um, and then we're going to basically end up the run out the end of the show with our top five store, uh, Theros Beyond Death. So that is what this set's called, right? Yeah, Theros Beyond Death. Uh, it's not hard to figure out what the top five like cards are in these uh, in this set because it's like cards are either really really good. Or they're really, really or not. Not playable. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's had, super easy to figure it out. I've seen a lot of people tweeting about how Theros seems really pushed. I'm just like, are, are you all looking at the same set I am? Because, like, it kind of, like, <laughs> the the cards that are good, like, my top five is pretty simple. It's just like, all right, so here's, like, the best, like, 10 cards in the set. Which of these are actually going to be played widely? Exactly. Like, why, like, I don't see how anybody can, like, not pick some of these cards that we have in their top five. For sure. So, uh, jumping right into the modern bands, um, you said, like you said earlier, Mox Opal, Oko has been banned, and then Mycos and Flattis. Um, what does this mean for, for modern, man? Uh... It means that we're kind of probably going to go back to what the format was before Urza became a deck. Uh, before, before, probably just before Modern Horizons and just a little bit before War of the Sparks, so people weren't playing with Mycos and Flattis. That format there where we had, had 
just like band of faithless looting, but and and and, and, and unbanned Stoneforge. We're probably going to be something seeing something similar to that for the first for the first like month because everyone's like, oh, I get to play with all these cards that I want to play with again because Oko's not running around turning everything into elks. Yep, like like stuff like Death Shadow is actually playable again. Yep. Uh, not not saying it wasn't playable. But, God, it wasn't good. Stoneforge Mystic is actually kind of decent again, because Agreed. it's not turning into an elk immediately. Or the equipment you go and find is not getting turned into an elk immediately. Yeah, it's not getting stranded in your hand, so... Yeah. Uh, and then Tron and Eldrazi Tron takes a little bit of a dip, because it really wanted the Karn package to kind of be able to push through things. So E-Tron probably gets a little bit weaker... Tron probably gets a little bit better because it's not trying to do too many things at once. It has an actual sideboard for decks again. Um, unfortunately, poor Affinity and Hardened Scales are just dead in the water. <laughs> they are yeah. they are not going to be able to recover from this probably, and they will be very very poor versions of themselves if they do try to play again. I. Th- let me let me see if I can find this tweet, but uh, I believe it was Ross Miriam uh, tweeted out that Ari Lax said something a while back about the only deck being playable from PT Philadelphia that was still playable today was Affinity, and he went through like all the seven and three lists and found two that don't have banned cards in them now, um, both of which do not look good. Yeah, <laughs> these these decks are real not good. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, humans gets better because Oko's gone. Yeah. Uh, also not playing into 30 million, uh, potential 3-3 zero mana artifacts is also really good. Um, yep. Like I, I think, said, I think Meddling Mage, me, uh, Meddling Mage gets immensely better, I think, in this format. Yeah. Um. Like, th- those are the big winners. I think the biggest winner of them all is probably Primeval Titan, though. Yeah, anything playing Primeval Titan is going to be the best deck for sure, and that's where we're going to probably end up seeing a band next is probably Primeval Titan getting axed, unfortunately. The, the big problem with this is is because of the emergence of Primeval Titan, Burn actually is not in a great spot because, like, Amulet Titan is not a good matchup for Burn. Amulet Titan's um, not a good matchup for anything, really. <laughs> yeah, Amulet Titan loses to itself and Blood Moon. And even still, Blood Moon's not all that good because then they just tutor up their Rex Age, cast it off their one forest, and who cares what you do after that? Exactly. They just they still get through. <laughs> being being able to disrupt mana in this format is going to be very important for the big mana decks. Yep. Either so, packs, Damping Sphere or Blood Moon or Magus. <laughs> Those are your I, best options. I wouldn't be surprised to see some artifact prison deck popping up with with War of Invention for Damping Spheres in the main. Um, just because, like, it, it shuts off Castle Garen Brig, and that's one of the most impactful cards in this format. And probably, honestly, like, it and Primeval Titan probably should go together. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're together, they're just insane. And I don't think either of them lead to a, a state where it is a good format. Having either of those cards around. Yeah, it's like, with Castle Garenberg still in the format, with with it being new in the format, uh, you don't even have to play Amulet Vigor anymore. You can go, um, you can, you can go, let's see here, it's Boreal Grazer on one to get a second land into play. Uh, on two, you can put Azusa into play, 
put a couple lands into play and Garen Brig, and then on three Primeval Titan. Like Primeval, like everyone wants to ban Amulet from the Amulet Titan deck. Well, Titan doesn't even need Amulet to be an Amulet Titan deck anymore. <laughs> they get to do the same thing they wanted to do with just uh, Garen Brig and Titan by themselves. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it, it has been so long since I've actually played Modern that I just don't know how to correctly approach how to fight Primeval Titan. Uh, right now, Path to Exile. But like, they still get their land and then they just cast their next Titan. Yeah, you just keep packing Path to Exile. <laughs> That's the best way to deal with it right now is you need to either shut off their lands and hope they don't have a way to deal with your Damping Sphere, Blood Moon, etc. And B, pack a removal spell that makes sure it gets rid of Primeval Titan. Hmm. Interesting. Um, or make it to where they can't cast Primeval Titan. Like you said, Meddling Mage is really good. Unfortunately, it also sits on two mana where Damping Sphere, Stamping Sphere sits, so... He, he is still really good. <laughs> Can we just get rid of engineered explosives? That solves a lot of this problem. Really? What is what is engineered explosives like actually cause a problem with? Uh, engineered explosives gives them removal that can hit any color, any number, any permanent, and because they don't care about anything less than six, because they can hit hmm. any five color, they can hit any four color, they can hit any three color, they can hit any two color, like two CMC. It's just like. They just get to go down the list, and EE just deals with everything. It deals with opposing. It deals with mirror matches and opposing tokens with from Field of the Dead. It deals with Damping Sphere, Meddling Mage. Any permanent tells them no. Um, they can still get through with Blood Moon because they get to go just like here's Blast Zone, and or like here's Blast Zone set on something. Here's other stuff set on something. Oh look, I can go. The new card from Theros, Dryad. Dryad's going to slot right well into this deck because then everything becomes every color. Like, Valakut Titan gets to do its thing still. Gets to play EE. EE is just a problem card because it just is an answer. It's a colorless answer to any problem permanent that you could ever think of. And, and it probably just needs to go. <laughs> EE was the reason KCI was so oppressive because KCI just gets to deal with any problem. Um, mm -hmm. Any board state, any issue could have, EE gets to come down, wipes the board. Urza has the same thing. EE gets to come down, clean up whatever problem permanence it sees. Problem solved there. Um, and Amulet Titan itself runs EE specifically for being able to deal with tokens two mana, three mana permanents that it can't really normally deal with because it can't afford to spend four slots on Fatal Push or Path to Exile. So it just runs two EEs that it can fetch whenever it needs it with Talaria West and then gets you. Yeah, the, the fact that Talaria West is able to access like all the all the cards like Engineered Explosives is kind of absurd. I mean, granted, Modern in a, in a whole is just absurd, but... Um, you know, here we are. Primeval Titan's probably the biggest winner. Second biggest winner is any 
Grixis Death Shadow style, Shadow style deck because they get to play their, their decks again. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Thoughtseize is probably in a good position, especially if cards are relying on like one card combos. Um, just being able to disrupt their combo and being able to pressure them efficiently is a good way of doing so. Um, I the the go to Thoughtseize deck is Jund. And I'm not sure how Jund ever beats a resolved Primeval Titan. Like, you're just so far behind if they actually do so. Hope they don't give it haste, and hope you have Liliana Veil. That's that's literally. What I mean, like at. you have you have a billion ways of actually removing it, but that doesn't mean it's like you're not just hella behind at that point. I mean, you can grind out games. Heck, uh, there was a Jund list in the top eight of the Grand Prix. It made top four. So. Jund is not completely, True. utterly dead. It wasn't dead before, and it'll it'll probably be even better now that Oko's not running around turning all of its valued creatures into 3-3s. Three True. Um, granted, with uh, humans and Death Shadow and Tron getting better, that means the Graveyard strategy, Dredge, is, like Dredge and Crabvine, get a little bit better because they can just sneak underneath these decks with high power, with high... Uh, high power output on early turns. So those are the things you have to watch for. We get to pretty much, like I said, we're just going backwards in time till before all these cards were printed because, or all these cards were, like all of Modern Horizons was printed and broke stuff because that's what the format pretty much is now after after that because Lattice being gone, Opal's gone, uh, Oko being the main offender that kind of pushed a lot of these decks out of here. Um, Let's see here. I think Watsi gave us some data for Oko in recent league play. Oh, uh, Oko has had become the most played card in competitive modern with an inclusion rate approaching 40% of decks in recent league play in tabletop tournaments. That yep. is 40% of every kind of tournament, both moto and paper, in probably the last like six months. That yeah, is, that's, that's absurd. That's absurd. That's absurd numbers of just like that's how powerful this card is, and that's how busted this card is, and I don't know why it took Watsi so long to fucking realize that it needs to go. Um, yep. Granted, I think the Urza deck isn't like completely utterly dead because they get mock they still have a mox in the form of Mox Amber. Um and Emery. So they get to go they can go um Blue Land Bobble, Amber, Emery. Still get to play the Emery style of game where you can just like do the combo kill, but you're not the control version like Urza was with Oko. So that's good. Um, beyond that, we're going to be probably seeing a lot more hu humans, a lot more Grixis Death Shadow, a lot more Tron, things of that nature. Hmm. Um, Tron, Tron is obviously just also a big, a big winner from this. Um, going back to a more traditional Tron build of just playing good cards, you know, play more Karns. I mean, more, more Ugans, play more Ulamogs. Quit. I mean, traditional green Tron, I was never a fan of the Karn lock in anyway. Um, I feel like I've made that pretty abundantly clear through the last year or so that it's been legal. And so, just getting back to 
a more traditional base is definitely where that be- deck is going to go. I don't know if Eldrazi Tron is actually playable now. Uh, Eldrazi I- Tron wasn't playable before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like they could just cheese wins out of Karn locking people. Yeah, that's where their wins came from, and now they don't get that. With that being gone, with 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 the bat with the lattice lock being gone from Eldrazi Tron, now they have to play like I'm this derpy creature deck, and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with uh, with this announcement, we got a little update on Pioneer on like. They're letting us know, it's like, yeah, it's going to follow with everything else instead of, like, have the weekly every Monday is done. Like, that, yeah. that's done. I, I think that's a very good change. Well, it, um, it, they got through their, their beta testing phase. They've gotten most of the cards, problematic cards they wanted out of the format, out of the format. Uh, unfortunately, they're printing new cards in the format and going to cause problems later on. Uh, Mr. Heliod is going to be our new Splinter Twin combo. I'm not. People have been talking about it in modern, and I just don't think it's fast enough for modern. It's not fast enough for. It, it might not be fast enough for modern. It's got you got collective company to play with, and other things like that. But like, unless you find another way that it can just like make a real good advantage, which there is a couple I can think of off the top of my head. Um, but like Heliod and Spike Feeder is infinite life. Um, Kitchen Finks, Kitchen Finks plus a sack outlet is infinite life. Um, I mean, then you just add Archangel Thune on top of this and like your board just goes crazy. So, unfortunately, like the best part of this is like a lot of these like combos with it are just legal and pioneer as well. Except where Spike. this card's <laughs> yeah, true. Spike Feeder and Kitchen Finks are both not legal, but you have access to Walking Ballista, Collected Company. I mean, Walking Ballista and Collected Company is kind of a non-bow, but yeah, whatever. You're only um, playing two Ballista. Yeah, you you get access to like Duskwatch Recruiter to help find your your combo. You have Archangel Thune to be able to just go over the top of people if need be. I've seen some early builds of this going around, and people are getting way too cute. Just play the good cards. That's that's it. Just play the good cards. I was looking at modern versions of this deck where it's just like, what can you do? Uh, you can play Naya Company with Grumgully and Heliod and Walking Ballista. So your company come when you hit your company and you hit your Walking Ballista, if Grumgully's on the field, it enters a 1-1. And turns it on. So that was super cute. Uh, Yeah, that's definitely cute i've seen people talking about playing stuff with metallic mimic it's like that card's not playable please stop yeah don't play mimic uh grum is like the cutest you could probably get away with playing this card also grum is good with um with the kitchen things combo too it's good there because it's just like mm-hmm. put a plus a plus a counter on it okay so now i just get to keep infinitely looping this this guy if i have a way to sack it which we have Ashnod's alt. We have the altar still, don't we? In modern. In modern, yes. So that could be a way to win. Grumgully plus Kitchen Finks plus Altar 
or uh, Alter plus Kitchen Finks plus Heliod. That's a way to win. Mm-hmm. So there's there's spots in Pine in the modern that I can do stuff. There's, there's some spots. It's not like the o, OP OP that everyone's probably going to think it is. Um, but pairing it into decks like Devoted Druid, which already play a Walking Ballista, all you got to do is just put Heliod in, in in for like two cards, and you could tutor it up whenever and just win from there. Yeah, I I like the idea of playing these cards all together, and. I actually really like the fact that they didn't preemptively ban Walking Ballista in Pioneer. Um, just because, like, we don't know if it's going to be good. Like, we we don't know what's good until we actually get to play with it. And their, their approach here of being able to ban stuff as it comes up is, in my opinion, the correct way of doing it. See, um, I disagree here. This is where I get... I'm, I'm going to be the salty boy because they let Sahili sit for like three weeks and just preemptively banned it when both of these cards don't really like you have to play both of these together to win. Ballista and Heliod can be played in separate decks and are still oppressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I'm just like, now I get to be the salty boy because you didn't give Sahili like enough of a chance to actually do anything in this format. You just first ban list pff, took it out. But you're going to let Walking Ballista and Heliod, which are both good by themselves, without each other, be together in the same format and potentially in the same deck. And it's super easy to splash this into anything. Yeah, the fact that it's a two-card combo in one color means that, like, you can just play it in, like, blue-white control if you want. You can play it in, like, Jeskai because then you get removal. Like, you, there's so much you can just be like, well, I can, you know, this is... At most, like six cards I need to play, I can I can put this in basically any deck, and that that was the big problem with Twin, you know. Except Twin was over two two colors, um, whereas this is just like, well, I have a very generically good removal card in the form of Walking Ballista that I can play four of if I want, and then you know, Heliod is just like the best, like it, it's a good enabler and. Just having it on the board and eventually going, oops, I win, because it's a very card, a very hard card to interact with is good. Yep. Uh, the fact that it's uh, it's an indestructible enchantment, like when it's a creature, it's a five five. Like is it's super hard to deal with. I'm I'm just I'm upset that you're like you're going to give Heliod a walking ballista probably six months in this format to play around with, but you gave Sahili Felidar, which is a harder combo to do, and it's more color-restricted because it's three colors a week. Like, you, you can't do one without doing the other. Why the hell would you leave it in the format if you're not going to leave Sahili in the format? Like, if, if you're okay with Heliod Ballista being in the format, then you have to be okay with Sahili Felidar being in the format. Yeah, that's that's one of the big arguments I've heard is just like, man, what is what is going on where this is legal, but Sahili cat combo isn't? So, I'm interested in seeing... I, I have a feeling it will end up on the, the ban list at some point, and I'm really hoping it's Walking Ballista, because I think that card's offensive. Oh, yeah. And when you have access to a billion mana on turn three or whatever. Garen Brig. Um, <laughs> Garen Brig plus the mana dorks. And, you know, the, that, that's another thing. It's just like, 
this format would be so much different if we didn't have Lanor Elf and, you know, Elvish Mystic legal. Yep. Um, that being said, because they are legal and they're widely played and debatably the best cards you can be registering, um, it makes stuff like Goblin Chain Whirler better, which is where this mo- this big red deck is popping up in, in popularity and becoming very good and very well-tuned. This is something that I know Todd Anderson has worked on quite a lot. Chonky Red. Chonky Red. You have to call it Chonky Red, otherwise you just, you just, you don't know what to I, I offend about. the gods. Yeah, pretty much. I know Goldfish changed it to Chonky Red. Is it still under that? It is. It okay, is. cool. It is. I, I love it. <laughs> so you have to call it that. You have to. If you don't, you, you offend everyone and anyone you know. I, I haven't worked on this deck at all, but this seems very, very much up my alley of just like, Play all the good cards and beat your opponent to death. Yeah. Um, I think the low to the ground mono red builds are just not like good enough. Um, and like the going big with uh, Glorybringer and Torbrand and Chandra is just the way to go. Yep. Which conveniently uh, puts us right into the uh, the Pioneer Classic from Knoxville this weekend. Yep. Where it ended up taking first place. Um, ended up beating Ross Miriam in the finals with Sultai Dredge. And on paper, this looks like a very good matchup for Chonky Red. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just like, all right, cool, you have stuff, and it's all dead, and I don't really care. Um, oh, it was like, interesting. oh, is that, a, is that a creeping chill I see? Oh, I don't care about that anymore. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ross is playing two desecrate, uh, decimator of the provinces in his yeah. list. Yeah, but super, actually, actually super cute. <laughs> that's really cute. I don't know if it's good, but it's definitely cute. Uh, so decimator is essentially uh overrun for your, uh, just a mini overrun for your team because you have a lot of one ones and two twos and like so being able to you know get rid of the get rid of one of something, you know, kill off a prized amalgam, cast this for six mana or whatever and just kill your opponent seems pretty powerful. Yeah, it's it's essentially the Rally of the Peasants that uh, Dredge used to play before we got like actual good good payoff cards. So it's, it feels kind of the same role, plus it's a 7-7. Seven, seven. <laughs> True. <laughs> All we have to do is sacrifice uh, a Haunted Dead and this thing is what? It costs 5 mana? Five mana? Yeah, yeah, that's nothing. Three green and two? I mean, I was going to say triple green is a little hard, but... We're playing playing Blue Moon Marsh, Botanical Sanctum, Land Wastes, Overgrown Tomb. Yeah, everything but your swamps and your water graves. So, I mean, that's... That's 15 green sources. That's quite a few. That's enough to to do this, for sure. Um, Especially when you're playing stuff like Gather the Pack, Grizzly Salvage... Stater Wayfinder, like, you, you're able to find your green sources if need be. I feel like it's definitely better than what Driven to Despair was doing, for sure. I feel like Decimator is a much better version of that card. I think I, I like having access to one copy of Driven to Despair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would want more than that. And I don't know if I want more than one pig in my deck, either. You want about Two three, seems- because you want to be able to find... You have no way to recur the pig. There's no way to get it out of your graveyard. Um, you have to was the, you have to find it with Gather the Pack or Grizzly Salvage or hope you draw it. What was the one card 
Uh, grapple. It was, yeah, I'm surprised they're not playing Grapple, but uh, I'll pick. Grapple is only three. Three versus five is a lot in this deck. True, true. I, I didn't realize it was only three. Yeah. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was at least four. Yeah. I think if it was four, it'd be salvageable. If it was four, you could swap it for Gather the Pack and probably not feel a huge impact. But it being only three, and Gather the Pack just being a better card with that with that case, it's just it's just much better to play gra- Gather the Pack. Um, if you weren't all in on Seder Wayfinders, you could probably play Grapple instead of Seder Wayfinder. Uh, because Seder Wayfinder is a little bit more restrictive. You can only find a land, but Seder Wayfinder is also a body. So that's just like, eh, however you want to play this. Uh, looking through this, going back to the big chunky red deck, though, I like mm-hmm. I like everything in here. Except this, like, one rekindling phoenix. <laughs> I, I think that's a card that they have not explored enough in this deck. I, I feel like this needs to be more, been, right? <laughs> yeah, it, that card has been very, very good in this format. Like, it, I don't know what I want them over, though. It Plus, Glorybringer just feels like you just get to go over top of everything. Yep. Glorybringer has been insane. Um, I legitimately think it's one of the best cards in this format that people aren't playing enough of. Oh. Granted, I mean, you know, three months ago that card was a dollar, and now they're five, but... Or four or five or whatever they are, but... Yeah. I still think that that price tag is completely underrated and highly recommend picking them up while they're cheap. Good God, ballistas are fucking expensive. Yep, if you have them, sell them. Sell them them now or sell them at the beginning of next week because they're only going to go up from here until they get banned. (laughs) Give it it less than a month. Uh, I have a feeling by the... The first player's tour is Pioneer, I believe, right? It is. There's a bunch of player tours events coming up for Pioneer, like a whole bunch of qualifiers and whatnot. So I could see after that they ban Ballista. Probably that's that's like I said, this is probably gonna have about five five months with it until they actually do something about it. Oh no no no! Uh, there's a players tour in February with yeah, it. Yeah, but they they won't touch it there. I I meant immediately after that. Yeah, they won't they won't touch it there. They'll give it they'll give it another one. Oh, I really hope not. They will. That's, I really it hope took Watsi a year to ban Opal after they banned KCI. To be fair, I have been calling for an Opal ban for like five years. So yeah, they, I am very glad it finally happened. They could have banned Opal instead of banning KCI at that point, And that would have freaking kicked KCI in the teeth. Because that was their free mana. That was part of their loop. If you just take out the loop, KCI is not a deck anymore, but you leave KCI alone. The card. And then, yeah. and then, and then they print Urza. <laughs> yeah, and that breaks Opal again. And they finally realize, oh, we should have banned Opal. Watsy's gonna leave it alone for six months, and then they're gonna realize, oh, this is stupid. We shouldn't have let this go for this long, and then freaking kick it in the teeth. And you know why they're gonna leave it alone for six months? Because they needed Serial Theros beyond death. And Standard is in a terrible, terrible spot right now. No one's excited about it. They need to make money off this set, so they're just going to leave it alone so people buy it for Pioneer. And that's that's the biggest thing. It's just like, we're not touching this set until we get our cards and we make our money off of it. Yep. That's exactly what happened with Oko. That's exactly what's going to happen here. 
Because if you, yep. if you ban Walking Ballista preemptively, no one's going to buy Theros because he uh, all the prices on those cards are going to tank. Yep. But it... Which sucks, man, because, like, people are not excited for this standard format. And, I mean, for good reason. Like, the player agency has just gone downhill so dramatically that, like, why would people want to play it, you know? Exactly. So, it's just like, well, whatever. I guess we can go off and do our own thing now. So, people are just eating up, you know, Pioneer and everything else. Like... Uh, Historic has been moderately popular on uh, a couple streams I've watched that have played it, but overall, Historic, that's one thing they need to do is realize that Historic is a format that people want to play and not just go into it as, here's a replacement for when your cards get, you know, not legal and standard when they rotate. Don't treat it like Hearthstone treats wild. It It took Hearthstone a year and a half for them to actually acknowledge wild was a format. After they, after God, they that made sounds it. awful. That sounds awful. And they still don't have good tournament support for it. Do not treat it like you treat like Hearthstone treats wild. Because that's <laughs> how you lose player. You know, like how am I supposed to feel okay about spending hundreds of dollars a year to get my sets of cards to be able to play, and then turn around and they're not playable at all now? Exactly. You know, I I want a return on investment a year from now. I, I want, want to, to be able to continue using, to play. To, yeah, I want to keep using my cards. I want to keep being able to play this stuff without having to spend another... Here's the thing. In paper, if they're not playable in another format, I can go sell them. Whereas online, I've already redeemed wild cards for them, and I'm stuck with that. Yep. Uh, they could invent, invest in a dusting system. Where, like Hearthstone does, that's how Hearthstone mitigated this, is they have the dusting system. You can dust extras and cards you don't want or cards you don't need, and eventually get enough to where you can get a couple sets, of, a couple common cards, or a couple rare cards, or a couple mythic cards, things like that. So, if Watsi invests in that system, this isn't such a bad thing, that they don't want to invest in Historic. But you can't do yeah, one and not do the other and just leave your players hanging. I'm pretty sure they've they've gone on the record in the in the past year or whatever and said that they do not plan on actually adding a dusting system. So I would like them to revise that and go back on that, but I doubt they will. Exactly. That's Watsi is continuing down this weird path, like couple spots there's a couple highlights, like the modern band announcement, and then there's like Here's how we're going to deal with Historic. The way we're going to deal with Historic is we're not. <laughs> like, here, have fun. Yep. Um, like, the fact that Nexus of Fate is still legal in that format is atrocious. Like, that's coming from the guy who wants to play Nexus of Fate in every format. Yeah. I have my pretty copies, man. Just let me cast them. Um, getting back on track here for this Pioneer Classic... Uh, what made me think about what got me talking about walking ballista originally was because I was looking at hardened scales lists, which were third and fourth, and they're not terribly different. These are pretty the, close. The third place list here on Goldfish is a little more aggressive. Uh, Jason Threet's version, just because he has the the Pelt Collectors main board here, um, whereas. Wade Lawson here in fourth place just does not have copies of that card. Um, 
I really like Voracious Hydra in this deck. It's just like that card's so good. Like you're the fact that like this decker was originally uh, like a solid Golgari deck, and now it's mono green splashing for uh, Winding Constrictor really shows you like the advancement of like technology in this format of being able to uh, uh, you know basically say Voracious Hydra is all the removal we need. Why are we splashing for Fatal Push and Thoughtseize and stuff like this when we can just kill them game one? Yeah, exactly. Granted, they have Fatal Push and Thoughtseizes and everything else in their board, but in the meantime, just, like, punch them. Well, so, yeah, they just have them there for when they need them. They don't need it every single match, so. Um, I like this the split of Nyssa and Vivian's in these lists. Um... Oh, Wade has four and four in his list. I was about to say, yeah, he's got four and four. What's a split? He's got a bunch. Man, that's a lot. Uh, Granted, you want a bunch of Nyssa. You want as many Nyssa as you could possibly put in there, probably, because it's just like, for four mana, give everything plus two, plus two. Like, pump the entire If not more, you know. But uh, Vivian, having four Vivian feels like a lot as well. It's just like... Oh, we're I mean, playing I, Hashep in his list, too. I don't like the Hasheps at all. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I don't want to have to pay life for my green mana. <laughs> I already am playing Llanowar Wastes. I don't want two more. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think I'm on I'm on board for, for Jason's list here more. Just because, like, Stone Coil Serpent's very good. I kind of want to fit in the fourth Hangerback Walker somewhere. Um, but I'm not sure what we would want to pull for that. Six dorks is a lot. Yeah. Plus Rishkar. I kind of... I wouldn't mind a second Rishkar either. I like Rishkar a lot in these decks. Mm-hmm. Helps you, helps you be able to cast big ballistas, big stone coils. It lets you do affinity-style things like the modern yep. deck does. Um, moving out of the top four, going to fifth and sixth, they're both big red decks. Uh... The fifth place list dropped the uh, Rekindling Phoenix for Chandra Torsion Defiance, and the sixth place also did the same thing. Um, it looks like they're both on. These look like the exact same list. They look to be the exact not. same. Yeah, if I'm if I'm looking at these right, these are. I think there's like one card difference somewhere. Uh, Dylan Donegan's list has Rekindling Phoenixes in the board. Whereas Dylan Hands has Museum Mortars, it looks like. Yeah. Lava Coil versus Museum Mortar, Rekindling Phoenix versus an Ember Cleave? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Super, super minor differences. Um, I, I don't think there's really much to say. I really, I think having Rekindling Phoenix is very important to be able to outgrind the mid-range decks that exist. So... Of these two, I'm probably leaning to Dylan Donegan's list a little more. Yep. Plus, like, Embercleave's a hell of a card. The card's really fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving away from Big Red to Mono White in seventh place, uh, you want to you want to go from, like, having big chonky creatures to a bunch of 1-1s? Because that's what this is. Sir, we have four always watching the cast, so they're not one ones. Yeah, you have to have that on the field, though. Everything else, it's a one one, a two one, or a one two. 
Uh, we have Venerated Loxodon, which is a 4-4, so, you know, I don't think this deck's good. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played with it, but I don't think this deck's good. It's okay. I'm not I'm not impressed. It, it looks like Mono White from Standards Past. They just get access to Judges Familiar, so they have a little bit of, like, interaction. And Thraven Inspector. I, I played this deck a lot when the format first started, and I was just never impressed with it. Um, after, after about two leagues, I just moved away from it and said, yeah, this isn't anything I'm interested in doing. If I want to be an aggro deck, I'm going to, I'm going to play a, a red based one. Yeah. Uh, the last deck in the top eight is the one I'm probably most impressed with here. It's, is it Phoenix for Pioneer? Um, so I actually got to talk to John Holland a little bit yesterday on discord. Um, he's also in Jeff Hoagland's discord and he was saying that, Young Pyromancer overperformed all day um, because that was one of the first questions people asked. Is like, well, were you playing Young Pyromancer or were you on Thing in the Ice? He's like, Thing in the Ice is actual garbage. Uh, he's like, Young Pyromancer is 100% the way to play this deck if you want to play a main board. Yeah. So um, that that was hit my big takeaway from, from getting to talk to him yesterday. He's like, this deck is very well tuned, very well built. Uh, the Young Power Masters are by far the best inter- innovation that this deck has had. So, I'm going to trust him. He evidently knows the deck very well. Um, there's nothing that stands out of, well, this is really weird. Why are we doing this? So. I like the one like Glorybringer. I like the Glorybringer in the, in the sideboard. I like that. I kind of want that to be a Rick Handling Phoenix. <laughs> is, I, maybe it's just me, man, but I think that card's critically underplayed. I like Glorybringer. I, I, think, I like Glorybringer more than Rekindling Phoenix, just because Glorybringer is just like removal spell. Plus, I get to keep my my dude. Whereas true, they true. can, if they trade with my Phoenix, they can just remove the egg, and then it's just gone. It's just a you know a two for one. Yeah. Compared to a two for one, if they kill your dragon. Pretty much. Um, looking over the top sixteen here, not really seeing anything. Overly impressive. We have a Boros Feather deck here, which looks really sweet. This is this is an archetype that I have no interest in playing, but I love watching played. Um, my biggest problem with this deck is it just has a lot of those half uh, wrong half problems when you're playing these aggro decks, where you're just like, well, I drew all pump spells and didn't ever draw a creature, so I died. Um, but like when they get to go off, off, it's really cool. I'm all about this Lotus Field combo deck. I love it so much. I don't like this version with the Expansion Explosions double cast. I do. You know why? Because double cast synergizes with our pour over pages and our hidden st- and our uh, hidden strings. <laughs> double cast lets us get to untap and then tap again and then untap again and then tap again. It double essentially gets us, lets us double mana. I mean, also doubling doubling up a pour over the pages is probably just filthy. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> if I owned this deck even slightly, I would play it. the The only like real cards I own for this are um, Dig Through Time. You don't have any of this in your bulk <laughs> stuff. I'm sure you. I do. I know I don't have double casts in your bulk. Uh, it's an uncommon probably. I did not open. I, I think I can count on one hand the number of packs of M nineteen I opened. Wow. Or no, that was that was the year that was the set Nexus was printed in, yes. wasn't it? 
That's why I'm like, you have to have this card. Uh, maybe then. You have to have. I, I don't think I have four of them, let alone from just opening one box. Oh, guess what? A place that's a dollar and a quarter. You can go get them. <laughs> yeah, but like Lotus Fields are like a billion dollars each. Uh, you can get a place set for twenty five dollars, sir. I have I have my breeding pools. I don't have all my sanctums. Um, I own zero Thespian stage. Those are cheap too. Thank you, Ultimate Masters. So those are two dollars each. Yeah, that's not cheap. They used to be six. <laughs> <laughs> That is cheap for the card that was $6. They dropped 66%. <laughs> yeah, I, I have digs. I have I have a Spanish reservoir around here somewhere. Heck yeah. Don't don't ask me why. I really could not tell you. I love Aetherflux Reservoir. It's my favorite card. <laughs> it's it's a sweet one, man. Um, Yeah, that's about it for the Pioneer Classic. There's not a whole lot of cool stuff in there. The Dredge list in seconds really cool. The Is It Phoenix list is really cool. The Lotus Field combo. There's this Rakdos mid-range deck that I'm not a fan of. Yeah, it looks kind of... looks kind of all over the place. Yeah, kind of not great. Like, it looks like it wants to be aggressive because we have, like, Rabble Master, but, like, Rabble Master's not very good here because, like... I, I, I'm... Yeah. Next. It looks like it wants to be Big Red, but... You're playing double black but spells. You're playing double black spells. <laughs> and like I don't mind splashing in the big red deck, but like not for like murderous rider. Yeah. You could you might be able to convince me to splash for like fatal push and like murderous cut, but not not double black. Agreed. Uh, so hopping off of Pioneer for a second, yeah, just quickly pretty quickly going over the results of the the SCG Open here. Um, this was Modern. First place, we have this Yogmoth Golgari Court of Calling, Eldritch Evolution, Undying deck. Tom Ross's baby. Think, <laughs> I don't think this deck is good. Uh, this I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't yeah, think this, this deck is, is playable. This is probably more of the situation of the, player play, the players playing the deck over like the deck being actually good. Yeah. I, I think that's 100% accurate. Because there's a lot of lines in this deck, and if you just don't know what you're doing, you just don't win with it. But if you know what you're doing, you just run people over. Um, I mean, Aaron Barrage is a very good player. Like, that is known. Yep. So and Tom Ross was the other person who field this deck uh, yesterday that I know of. And I think he was... He made day two for sure. I don't remember. I thought he was. ended up playing Infect. No, he's playing this. Was he? Really? Yep. yep. He's playing his baby. This is his build. This is brew. Like mm-hmm. he has been all over this since he started streaming, and he's been iterating and iterating on this deck for months, trying to get it to where he feels he felt comfortable playing it. And I guess this is finally the time. <laughs> uh, the deck essentially gets to do uh, undying shenanigans with uh, Yogmoth's range position. Who who figured another? Uh, Modern Horizons card, making another deck actually do a thing. Um, but uh, the deck's really cool. It's a lot of fun to play. Um, you have a combo kill with Blood Artist, Yogmoth, and uh, any Undying creature. So that's cute. Um, outside of that, you're just like 
green black beatdowns with Stranglegeist and like Dralf's messenger and a Cavalier Knight. You also get Once Upon a Time Quarter Calling and Elder's Revolution, kind of just like go and find any combo piece you need. It's super cute. It's super fun. Uh, outside of that, it's pro- it's it, like I said, like we were saying, it's more the player being really good than the than the deck itself being really good. Yep, for sure. Um, the second place in the open is also not an Urza deck, but did get hit by the uh, ban list. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Karn. Thanks, Karn, Mycosynthlatus. Um, Mono Green yeah, Devotion. Is... Seems really cool. Um, I believe at one point this deck was considered the Mono Green Control deck when it was first iterated on because you just like ramped up really hard into Karn and then just like Karn Karn um lattice them in one turn and just like well alright you lose cool Woo. it's like I have generic threats like Questing Beast and Genesis Hydra to to kill you um and like obviously for Nykthos is just insane here and yeah. And Lanoir Tribe plus Nykthos is just a billion mana, so. Yep, Lanoir Tribe plus Nykthos and Vivian plus Nykthos and Leyland of Abundance I, plus Nykthos. <laughs> I'm I'm actually really surprised to not see any copies of 5-mana Nissa here. Um, Just because, like, that card's really good, especially with Leyland and Nykthos and, like, you want a billion mana to do things and... I'm not... I would not be surprised to hear that Nissa, who shakes the world, is playable in modern. Yeah. Uh, moving on down the line, we start to get into like all the band card decks. Uh, band Snowblade, say bye to Oko. Which, this deck might survive without Oko, but it's definitely not going to be anywhere near as good. This is, this is something that you and I kind of worked on before Oko even got printed, so... Yeah, I would be very surprised if this deck wasn't playable to some extent. It's still playable. Um, it's just not going to be like what it's doing right now. Probably. Oh yeah, it's it's not Oko busted things, but like Oko's absurd anyway. So yeah. being able to just like flip the switch and go back to playing a quote unquote fair deck is probably just fine. Like yeah. you still have Arkham's Astrolabe, you still have Stoneforge Mystic and Spell Queller. You have Tefiri. Like there's there's a lot of interactions in this deck. That are really sweet. Probably going up to four to Fury in this deck now. Yeah, we go up to four to Fury probably. Um, I want the fourth Astrolabe too. Yeah, you want the fourth Astrolabe, and then you probably get like one other piece of equipment. Yeah, probably a Fire and Ice. Probably Sophie. Yeah. Yeah, either Sophie or Light and Shadow, just because we're. You know, I mean, we're a creature deck. We have nineteen targets for the Sophie to for the Solus to grab, so. I wouldn't hate it, but I think I like Sophie more. I like Sophie more being able to draw cards in our control deck. It's it's a little bit better. Uh, Getting into the top, last top four, uh, Temer Urza in the hands of Corey Baumeister. This was the deck we were Um, really high on last week at the team event, and we really, really liked it, and now you can't even play it. (laughs) Darn. Yep, darn. I'm, I'm so heartbroken. Yep, so I'm glad sad. to see it gone. Like in, in all actuality, I think these bands were very, very good and needed about six months ago. So yeah, otherwise we wouldn't be here where we are now, complaining about how like complaining for six months about how modern was miserable and how we needed something and, to play. And that's the thing, man. It's just like 
you and I haven't played modern in so long because we just don't enjoy the play patterns of it. Yeah. Like we we played that uh, PTQ back in what was that July? Yep. August, and like that was the last time I touched modern. It's just like after that is when the Urza decks got really really popular. Like they they were starting to po- pick up popularity then, but like after that they really popped off, and then in came Oko and just ruined the format past that, and it's just like. I have no interest in playing this at all. Yep. So it's to the point now where it's just like, all right, well, you know, I'm missing a little bit of stuff for burn. I can probably pick it up and have a deck again, you know, and that's that. Yep. Like just have a deck on the back burner. And if I ever feel the desire to go play, there's F and M just like, yeah, that's good enough for me. I, I'm not one to go out and look for high stakes, modern tournaments because like that doesn't intrigue me. This format is it, this format isn't itching the magic bug I have, you know. It's yep. not doing what I want to be doing. Yep. Uh, now that Oko's gone, I'll probably start playing. I'll probably want to play Modern again because I can actually like get away with playing Dredge and Sahili Cat and be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you have Sahili Cat. I might, I might steal that from you. There you go. I'm like yeah, it's like Sahili Cat. Are, are you coming down to FNM on Friday? I don't know. You want, you want to put that together for me? I can probably get it together real quick. Hell yeah. <laughs> How many of your fetches do you got still? Um, zero. Well, that might be a problem then. <laughs> womp womp. At least until I get foil foothills, that might be a problem. Uh, womp womp. Uh, oh, well. Moving on to sixth place, Amulet Titan, the deck we were talking about. It Now with everything else being gone, this deck gets a whole lot better. Um... It looks pretty stock compared to well, all the other ones. Well, again, it's Will Pulliam, so, like, he well, determines what's it, stock. It looks stock from the last four times we've seen Amulet Titan be played <laughs> in the hands of four different people. Um, moving on to seventh, eighth, Sultai Urza. No point in talking about it. That was another one in fifth. No point in talking about it. Heck, Daryl Air. Daryl Ayers moved on from Titan to freaking Sultai Urza, if that tells you how good this deck is, or was. Yeah, and I mean, Daryl Ayers is the guy to determine what's good in, like, Primeval Titan decks, so... The fact that he's not playing Titan <laughs> says a lot. Tells you just how good these Urza decks were. Um, really glad to see them gone. I can't iterate that enough. Yeah, seeing them gone, real good. Uh, outside of the top eight, there's an Is It Kiki deck that's really cool in 17th. There's an Oko Jun deck in 14th. Uh, some Mono yeah, Red Prowess decks. I'm not about that. Um, a Crab Vine in 32nd. Sneaking in top 32. I'll take it. Yeah. Next, the deck's cool. It's not anywhere near what Bridge Vine used to be, unfortunately. Or Hogak Vine. Let's not forget that menace. Yeah, we're not even going to compare anything to Hogak Vine because there'll never be anything <laughs> close to that. Um, someone top sixty, uh, top forty-eighted with a green black infect. I can always get behind this. Green black yeah, infect. Didn't you didn't you sell out of all your infect stuff though? Yeah. Womp womp. I have the plague stingers and the crusaders and the and whatnot, but it's just like I got rid of the nobles. Which I wasn't playing Noble in mind anyway. I was playing Bird because I like being able to cast black cards with my mana dork. 
Well, conveniently, I have, like, all of the pump spells and stuff like that, so... I have those laying around here in a box somewhere. I don't have my Nexus anymore. I, those I don't own. You're on your own. We could probably get them from Cliff. Yeah, especially since he's not going to be playing uh, Affinity anytime soon. Affinity. Can we talk about how Affinity just, like, slowly died? <laughs> it, like, it didn't like, even... It hasn't been good. It hasn't been good in, like, you know, a year, and now it won't be good ever. Ever. <laughs> like, uh, Ari, Ari Lax was talking today on Twitter. He's like, the biggest takeaway from having uh, Lax Opal Band is that Affinity is probably still playable in some extent, but not with... Um, Blink Moth Nexus and Darksteel Citadel all together. Yeah. Like, if you want to be... Oh, excuse me. If you want to be a five-color deck, you're going to need mana sources somewhere. And your colorless source is not going to be it. We could go, like, what the Pioneer version is and just going in Soul Artifact. Couldn't we just go to Blue-Red? Yeah, just, just do in Soul things and have Ravager. Yeah. Like, uh, is a hell of a, hell of a drug, man. It is. Is it going to be good still? Probably not. But you can play it. You get... You technically can play it. You get Bobble. You can replace your zero... You can replace your Bobble. Like, you can replace Opal with Bobble, so you still have a zero drop that can kind of do something. But you can sack the Ravager if you need to, like, in a pinch. Um, Bobble is really offensive, too, man. I wouldn't mind seeing that one go. Yeah, Bobble's been meaning to go for a while. <laughs> uh... Moving out of the Knoxville SCG Open and into the Austin Grand Prix, which we had video coverage for. Well, you can say we had video coverage. That doesn't mean people watch, though. No, but we had it. If you wanted to watch this, you could. And I did for about 30 minutes or so while I was at work. Mainly because uh, they were shutting down the stream for the day. <laughs> I had to go. I worked that night, and I got to catch the tail end of it at work. I was like, "Hey, cool! I get to watch like round nine. Woo!" <laughs> uh, again, this is another one where there's a bunch of band card decks in the top eight, and going over them is pretty much pointless. This poor Kethis combo. You could never play Kethis combo now. Nope. Darn. Uh, yeah, you probably could still. You play with Box Amber. That wouldn't be terrible, right? Just box Amber and any other legendary zero-drop artifact? Is there anything that matches that description? Uh, not to my knowledge. Damn. Looks like we're playing more Hope Gearper. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. That's what I'm hearing. We're playing more Hope, right? That's what we're going to do? We're just going to go to four Hope Gearper and, like, a fourth Unearth and just go to town? Oh, we probably need to find a spot for these Okos. Uh, two more Teferi and another Sahili. Seems fine. Right? You can do that. Sure. I don't think that's good. I'm just throwing that out there. I, I'm just saying Hope a Gear Purse still costs zero with Kethas. Does it? Yep. Oh, yeah, I guess it does. It does, yeah. Yep, Hope of Gear still costs, the... one, costs zero with Kethas. I forgot about the Kethas reduction. So... That's what the... That's what the, uh... 
the uh, Pioneer version was doing. Yeah. And it was, you know, still playable. Yep. Um, out of this top eight, the only playable deck is still is Jund. <laughs> Which is in fourth. Yeah. Which really sucks. Yep. But, you know. Everything else is either Bant Urza, Sultai Titan, Temur Urza, or this Temur Prison deck. I'm assuming is only in here because Karn got tagged, because Michael Laos got tagged. I'm assuming that's yep. the only reason it's in here. It's listed as a banned card, so you can play Temur Prison still. I don't know how you're winning, but you can play Temur Prison still. Question for you. Might have an answer. Uh, the GP this weekend, was it streamed on Channel Fireball or Magic? It's streamed on Channel Fireball. Should have been. That's what I remember So, <laughs> I'm looking at uh, Twitch Tracker here, and the peak viewers for Sunday, Star City had a peak viewers of 7,500, Channel Fireball had 2,700. <laughs> so, like, drastically different. So, yep, goes to show that when you actually pay attention to your like viewer base and actually do what they want, you get more viewers. Whereas if you just go AWOL for a year and don't do coverage, you lose all your viewers. We ready to talk yep. about fire about Theros? I think so, man. I got a whole lot of nothing else to talk about this uh from the the open. It it sucks that, like, all these cards are, are basically gone now, but, like, it, these lists are unplayable, and, like, so the data we have from it is Unu- non-existent, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's just unusable. But, it happens. But it's just, like, well, if you look at this Team or Prison deck, the only blue card in it is Oko, but, like, you also have Karn for Lattice, so, like, you can replace that stuff and just become Ponza again, I guess, but I don't think Ponza's very good either. I didn't say, so. why would you want to be Ponza? <laughs> As a man who has actually registered Ponza... That deck is not good. Please don't play it. Where do you want to start on Theros? We got a lot. There's a lot we could talk about. We could do top fives. We could do honorable mentions. We could pick a card we really, really like. I figured we would jump in with the honorable mentions and work our way up to top fives. Okay. What you got for me? What's your What's your honorable mention? Uh, my first honorable mention is going to be the the lands. Um, the lands in this set are just fantastically beautiful. They're they're phenomenal, man. Um, the basics are probably what I'm going to start picking up for cube, just because like they are so phenomenal. Um, and like the the temples, the temples also are just really sweet. This the temple arts are really really sweet too. Mm-hmm. So having having those back in standard is also just really great. Um, completing that cycle for standard, even though, you know, we only have one set on Theros, doesn't mean we're not going to get all the Theros temples again, so. Yeah. Um, that's what I got. What else do you have, man? Uh, I want to talk about Ox. I know I've mentioned this card, like, four times since, like, it was spoiled. Ox is literally going to bring Dredge back from the freaking, from the dead. Because yeah, the card's really good. This is an enabler that can't be countered by horse negation. This is this is what Cathartic Reunion is probably going to get replaced with. If this card does really really well in Dredge, Cathartic Reunion probably is going to go down to like a two of, and we're going to play four Ox. 
and just start conflagging people and go up to three conflagrate and just start conflagging early and then buying back ox. Yeah, early and always. Because this card does a real good job of being a impression of Cathartic Union and Bedlam Revel at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight cards is a lot, but when you start with seven in your hand and you're likely dredging five, four to five over on turn one or two, eight's not so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, when you when it escapes, it's a five three. So it's like two mana plus eight cards means you get to put this into play as a five three triggers your amalgam that you have left over and you just have 11. You have eight power on board on turn two. So this this thing is scary. This is going to be what like puts dredge over the top and probably get another card banned from dredge. Yeah, probably. What do we got? I have I have one other honorable mention. Um, this is Nightmare Shepherd. Um, if I can find it real quick, this is black, black, and two for a four-four enchantment enchantment creature uh, with flying. Whenever a non-token, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a one-one and is a nightmare in addition to its other types. This card is one of the biggest like EDH staples I've seen from this set. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Just Anything that cares about, like, ETB triggers, it's like, all right, well, we get an extra one. You can actually copy your commander with this because you can put your commander into the graveyard and then exile it. And when you go to exile it, you can put it back into the command zone. So you can get a 1-1 copy of your commander, um, which, like, I mean, that seems really powerful. Um, it protects you against board wipes because your board just becomes 1-1s. Again, re-triggering everything. This card's really powerful, and I would be very surprised to not see this card be, you know, $10 in the future. Yeah. What about yourself? Where do, what, what do we got, man? Want to just jump into top fives? Yeah, let's jump into top fives. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure um, our top fives are, like, two cards off. So, um, we're... One we card. Can, we There's can one card different between yours and mine. Okay, cool. We share so we four can, of the same We can parts. talk about them as they come up, or we can just lump them all together and uh, however you want to do it. We can talk about... Let's talk about these Titans. Uro and Kroxa. Okay. Because I have them at number five on mine. You have them at three on yours. I have them at three, yeah. You have them, like, um, they have them a little bit higher than I do, but I think they're only going to be good in standard, really. Standard and maybe I think Pioneer. Could, I think you can play them into Pioneer, um, just because their stats are very, very powerful. Um, so we have Kroxa, Titan of Death's Hunger for Red and a Black. It's a 6-6 legendary Elder Giant. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. And then when it enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent who didn't discard a card, discard uh, who didn't discard a non-land card this way, uh, loses three life. Uh, it's escape costs black, black, red, red, exile five other cards. Um, this card's insane. Especially yep. in standard when you have access to Priest of the Forgotten Gods, you can just be like, alright, Priest, this thing, trigger on the stack, sacrifice it, um, you're gonna sacrifice a creature, I'm gonna gain two mana, you're gonna discard a card, lose three life, you're gonna lose a life from the Priest, just so much incremental value just from, you know, basically nothing. Um, and just like, 
I've seen people talking about playing this in like historic with um, Takatli on our guard. I don't think that's good. I think I think the best card of the, part of this card is the ETB ability of making your opponent discard a card and potentially draining them. Um, but it's like a four, a six six for four is still really good if you're able to bring it back. Yeah. Um, but just like the front half of making them be able to do things that you're able to take advantage of is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most like closer to eternal play one is actually Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath. God, this card's obnoxious. This is this is the more obnoxious one. Like, like Crux just got lumped in because it's just like it's it's the other Titan. Uh, but Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath is. Also, legendary creature, elder giant, six six. Except it costs one, a green and a blue instead of just two mana, like the other one. Uh, has the same text. When it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it's escaped. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, you can gain three life and draw a card. Then you can put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, and escape is green, green, blue, blue. Exile five other cards from your graveyard. Uh, this is the more playable one for any kind of eternal formats, uh, in my mind. Uh, this card's absurd in standard specifically because like you have access to uh, Tamio to be able to fill your yard up consistently. Um, it's just a very it, it's an accelerant to Nissa who shakes the world, who again should just be banned in all formats because that card's absurd mm-hmm. and I hate playing against it. Um, like it it just does everything. The fact that it comes in immediately replaces itself, even though it gets sacrificed ramps you and draws, you know, gains you life is just absurd. Yeah. Um, it, it does so much for three, even though it doesn't get to stick around. Yeah, like, like doing, then, doing three things for three mana is insane. Like, And then you have the back half, man. Yeah. Like, and then where you can do it multiple times. Then it's 6-6 six, six on top of it. Like, how yeah. the heck do you kill this thing? <laughs> you, you have the best enablers for... For escape in green with Tamio and Cavalier of Thorns, and then like you get the best Titan in there because like this card's absurd. Uh, so now you're just like this green, green blue ramp deck with Uro, Growth Spiral, Arboreal Grazer into Tamio as like card advantage and Cavalier as like a win condition and Nissa and Hydroid Graces. Yeah, like this deck just builds itself. Yeah, the deck just. Go, it falls into place. It's domino effects into place. And, like, people who've been complaining about uh, the standard format and, like, its dull play patterns, it's, like, it's only going to get worse because, well, they haven't banned the card that actually needs to be banned, and instead, here we are. Yep. So, yeah, I had I had Titans at three. You had them at five. Um, my five is Dryad of Illicin Grove. Yeah, this this card is insane. This was my number four. Uh, this card is essentially Prismatic Omen plus Explore on a 2-4 body for three mana. That can be found off a of Summoner's Pact, and yeah, hey, th- look, this card's very good. This card's gonna, like, Valakut Titan is gonna be insane now because it can just, like, whenever it needs to go and find its Omen, instead of having to, like, actually, like, look for it, Pact, grab Dryad, put Dryad into play, Oh, look. Cast Titan, I win. Put two more lands into play. All my lands are mountains, islands, forests, swamps, plains. Like, cool. Well, I mean, you get a left plains off. It's not very playable, so. Yeah. True. True story. But, uh, 
It's a two four. Cries. It doesn't. It doesn't die to bolt. <laughs> like just eh. over here crying in white mage. Yeah, poor white mage. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, this card's very very good. This card's really um, strong. Would would not be surprised to have this be played in modern. Oh, it's going to see modern play for sure. For sure. Um, what was your number four? Because your four say, is Dryad. Dryad was your four. Um, my number four is Kiora beats the Sea God or best the Sea God. This is the really big um, enchantment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the seven drop uh, saga. Um, when it comes in, create a f- eight eight blue kraken token with hexproof. Um, two tap all non land permanents to your opponent's control. They don't untap. So you know you make an eight eight, then you get to time walk them into gain control, target permanent opponent controls, and untap it. So you know for for seven mana, like you get agent of treachery plus an eight eight plus a time walk. So you know it seems absurd. Especially when you're already playing stuff like Nissa and Hydroid Crisis to draw a billion cards, and like Agent of Treachery was the best thing you could have on your top end to steal their threats. And I was just like, well, why do that when I have an 8 8 attached to it? This can actually kill people, right? So you go 8 8 the first <laughs> time, the second time you get to tap all the things down on your turn, attack, pass the turn, their things don't untap, back to your turn, you take something of theirs that can attack and just. Or, or well, like it doesn't smash. have haste. Oh, it doesn't have it haste. It doesn't have haste. Aww. It just untaps. That's boring. Well, still, you're dealing 16 damage for 7 mana. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absurd. Um, it's real like strong. This, this, this is going to be a closer. Yep, it's it's a it's a big control finisher for sure. Uh, um, so that's my 4. We talked about my 4 already. Your three is where we're at. Yeah, my three is Underworld Breach. Uh, Which is my two, so... <laughs> Underworld Breach yeah, is just, really strong. <laughs> I would be very surprised to have this card legal a year from now in Legacy. Uh, I'd be surprised if it makes it in Pioneer. <laughs> if it'll, well, be gone, the, it'll be gone in Pioneer probably before Walking Ballista does. I don't know about that, man. This card seems really broken with... Okay, so... Uh, before we get into the big discussion, we should probably read the card. Uh, this is red and one for an enchantment. Each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's converted mana cost, plus exile three cards from your graveyard. At the beginning of the end step, sacrifice Underworld Breach. Um, the biggest like offender of this card is that it's an enchantment, meaning that anything that is put into your graveyard gains this ability. So like in the event that you give some given and put two cards into your graveyard... Unlike Past and Flames, well, you can still cast them. Yep. Um, it, this card's absurd. I hate it. I hate this card. It's absurd. It makes me want to play Storm again, because this is just a Storm card, and I just want to go off on people, and it's great. Um, but in reality, this card is atrocious and probably should not exist. Yeah, this card won't make it Won't make it probably very long in Pioneer, won't make it very long in Modern, won't make it probably very long in Legacy either. Um... This card will probably this card will probably get banned because it's just too strong for what it's doing. Uh, this is the Oko of this set. Uh, that that's really? that's pushing it though. I mean, I think this card is going to be banned in multiple formats. It'll be banned and everything, but not like the same like like not for like the same things Oko's banned for. Oko's yeah, banned true, for true because what, it's just what like, I mean by that is it, it will be banned in multiple formats within the first year. Yeah. Uh, 
So in Pioneer, with the double cast Lotus Field deck, you get to you fill your graveyard with a bunch of spells anyway. Good God! And then you, so you get to reuse your double casts. So you, you get to cast your dig through time in the graveyard. Yep. With delve plus XL three cards. So it costs eleven. Or yeah, eleven. Yeah, basically eleven. <laughs> That's great. Uh, you get to, no, you get, your double cast is are reusable now, um, so you can double cast your double cast, which lets you triple cast something else. No, it, it quad casts the oh, next well, spell, right? Cast? I'm pretty sure it. I need to read double cast. Does it double the card or? I thought I put another copy of it on the stack. You'll, when so you'll you get cast two your next copies. instant or sorcery, copy that spell. Yeah, okay, so it, it would make three copies. Yeah, I was You're right. right. I'm like... Reading reading the card explains the card, man. Yep. Oh. So, in Pioneer, it's... Especially since this isn't three mana, you'll have a mana left over from your Lotus Field. <laughs> so you can go Lotus Field this into anything to untap your Lotus Field into do it again, 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 because the escape card doesn't get exiled. For whatever reason, it's not like flashback. I don't know why they didn't do this. Yeah, this card is (laughs) atrocious. This mechanic is going to be broken. Escape is, plus escape is equal to the card's mana cost. So, like, in modern, Burn can play this and reuse bolts. That's what I hadn't thought of. That's adorable. I, that's immediately what I thought of. It's like, you get to reuse bolts. You get to reuse any kind of actual, like, point-and-click damage spells over and over and over. Um, so that that's where I, my head's at for this. Like, this is, a, this is like, a, an extended card for burn. Like, you can bring this in your sideboard, and if you just, like, need extra reach, oh, here's Underworld Breach, I'll exile these fetch lands that I don't need anymore, or this horizon land I don't need anymore, and bolt you again. Oh, look, I can do it again. Bolt you again. This reminds me a lot of Aria uh, Aria Flame for, for Storm, which is like, this card's absurd and probably is like too good for what it's doing, but like, Aria fell flat really hard after Phoenix, like after Faithless Looting got banned, whereas this one, I'm really glad Faithless Looting is banned already because... Yeah, faith, this card would not exist with Faithless Looting. Let's just be right there. Let's nip that in the bud. If the Faithless Looting was around, this card would be gone in a heartbeat. And, like, that's that's not even talking about the implications it has in Legacy, where you have Lion's Eye Diamond. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> sure, I'll, do, I'll exile three cards for another three mana. Yeah, this is this is literally Yogg Will in Legacy, except <laughs> it costs two, and you can continuously do it, so... Like, oh, like, I don't have a hand of, anyway. I'm just going to keep making mana. <laughs> how much mana do I need? A billion? Okay. Like, this is that's great. This is, this is such a broken card, and it's going to get banned so quickly. Yeah, I, I think this card's absurd. Um... That was your number two. We talked about your number three, which is the Titans. So we go on to so my number two. So we have your number two? Yeah, yeah. your number two. Uh, my number two is Woe Strider. Uh, this is going to give the Collected Company decks in Modern, and it also gives Pioneer a decent sacrifice outlet. Yeah, it gives you your, your free out sack outlet for, for Pioneer. Not to mention, this comes the- with a dude. Um, I think the only other free sack outlet in Pioneer, to my knowledge, is we have Cartel Aristocrat, and we have Nantuko Husk. 
Yeah. Neither of which are like really good. Whereas this one's like pretty pretty playable. This one so. lets, it lets you scry. It's it's a Viserys here that has a three two body and ha- and can come back from the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> but the big difference here is they can't sack itself, which is like oh no, how dare you? Oh no, a a fixed Viserys here. Well, sure, I'll, oh, I'll take no. it. I, 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 I guess I'll take this one. Uh, this thing becomes a 5-3 out of the... Uh, no, 5-4 out of the yard. Cause it's two. Yeah, it's, it's real big. It's real chunky. It, it's, it's a 5-4, plus you get a goat. Who doesn't love goats? Uh, but in all actuality, this, like, gives Pioneer, like, Collected Company rally, like, a little bit better of a thing, because now you can play Collected Company and actually, like have a decent suite of cards. Uh, Woe Strider lets you kind of just set up your entire deck to just kind of like, if you need something, you can win and you can find it. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any good, like, persist. Like, you don't get persist in Pioneer, but you do in Modern. <laughs> yeah. This plus uh, Heliod and um, past, uh, the any persist creature is infinite. Um Plus, lets you scry infinitely to find whatever you need. Uh, Which lets you find up your, your walking ballista to kill them the next turn. If, if you they somehow, somehow didn't kill, kill them you from, then, yeah. They somehow didn't kill you from infinite life. Exactly. I mean, infect is a thing in modern. It happens. True. It technically is. Uh, but, yeah, this card is really good this is why it's my number two it's just like it has so much play for pioneer and modern that's and standard it, like this hits uh, it hits a bunch of key things in standard it's a sack outlet mm-hmm. for rakdos it, it's a two bodies for one value and like mono black control it comes back yeah, this, from the yard this works really well this works really well with uh mayhem devil yeah and like it's it's another outlet to Sack your cats if you don't have, like, your oven, but you have oven on... Like, you have extra food, but you don't have an oven. Yeah. Are you talking about number one? Yeah, I mean, if it hasn't been figured out by now, um, our number one is Heliod. This card is um, probably going to ruin Pioneer for a hot minute, and that sucks because that format's really sweet. Heck, it might, it might put, like, might make white good again in standard. Who knows? I want to go that far, man. White needs a lot of help. We got uh, we got some cards that kind of gain life in white. Um, what is it? It's the is he- Healer's Hawk. That's what it is. <laughs> you can play Mono White again. He- Healer's uh-huh. Hawk. Healer's Hawk gets bigger every time. You are correct. We also have a Johnny's Pride Mate, so like we can just double up on its counters. Yep. We have a Johnny's Welcome. Yep. Is that legal still? No, maybe. I don't know. Was that M19? I think I don't it was know. M19. Yeah, we don't get that. Then there's a Soul Sister in one of the sets. What is it? Two Mana Soul Sister? Yeah, something like that. I don't know that. the card's name. This is going to be really good in Historic where you get uh, Sarah Ascended as well. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that that might be something I do. As, as a man who has cast many Soul Wardens. You like them Soul Sisters for sure. I, I do. I had the deck foiled, man. It wasn't good, but I had it foiled. <laughs> but yeah, Heliod, Heliod's like our number one. Uh, he's just, he's going to see so much play. He's already almost $30. Good God. Whereas like the Ox I talked about is 
slowly falling below 10 like under $10 for a mythic before the set has even come out is surprising um going through the rest of the spoilers there's not a whole like there's a lot of cards you could talk about like that are probably are going to see standard play for sure like the planeswalkers elspeth's probably going to see standard play somewhere you're probably going to see ashiok in some esper control deck somewhere the planeswalkers aren't like over the top busted like what eldraine's were but they're good they're good still like they're not they're not bad um Ashiok my... and Calyx both like are like cookie cutter, like what I would expect a good planeswalker, like a decent planeswalker to be. They're high costed, they have decent loyalty, they plus up one, they neg three, then they neg seven for an ult that actually does something on the board. One of my favorite cards we haven't talked about is Storm's Wrath, uh, which is red, red, and two to deal four damage to all creatures and all planeswalkers. Um, it actually gives like Jeskai Control a decent sweeper outside of Outside of uh, Deafening Clarion. Well, actually, uh, Jeskai already has a really good one in Shatter the Sky, which is another new card. Uh, each opponent who controls a creature with power four or greater draws a card, then destroy all creatures for white, white, and two. So, really, Storm's Wrath is going to be more playable in, like, Brixis, where you have super limited sweepers in the form of, like, Ritual, Slit, and Cry of the Carnarium, which can't deal with larger creatures, whereas Storm's Wrath can uh, interesting note is like Ritual deals with the Titans. Yep. Not, you know, not definitely, but it deals with the Titan. Yeah, not not indefinitely. I, I mean, so it can at least deal with the back half the first time. Yep. But you know, then you're filling their yard up because you just sweeped them, and so you know, yeah. Um. It's whatever. And there, there's even more absurd. cards we didn't really even want to talk about, like uh, the uh, Graft Digger's Cage on a creature. Kuronos, Hound of Atheros. Graf Doggo's Cage. Graf Doggo's Cage. Uh, Vigilance Bennett's Lifelink. Creature cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield. Players can't cast spells from graveyards. Like, it's a 3-3. Like, this is a this is a real good card that we just, like, it's just not as powerful as everything else above it. Um, Pelucranos Unchained is another one that's just like, this is really good. It's really powerful. But yeah. just not as good as the Titans or... Some other stuff. It's like, it'll see standard play, but it's about all it'll see. Um, which, if anything goes from the way standard goes, it's just like, this isn't going to be very good standard format still. Um, we didn't even talk about how Gary is back in the format. Gary is around again. We get Gray I just think Gary's good. Gary's not good when Mono Black gets like, under. Like you can play a rack deck with Underworld Dreams and Davriel and you have, um, what's that new discard spell for two mana? What is it? Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's the mono black card. I don't know its name. Where is it? Nope, not that one. Um, no, that's not it. It's two mana. That's all I know. It's two mana. Nope, that's not it. That's not it. Agonizing Remorse. Yeah! Uh, so this is black and one for a sorcery. Target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it or a card from their graveyard and exile it and you lose one life. Yeah. So this is like much weaker, kind of different thought sees. Being able to hit a card in the graveyard, like exile a titan is like really strong for two mana. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Or like even take their titan on two 
Like, if you're on the play, you can take their Titan so they can't cast it on two. Yeah, it, it does a lot. But, like, Underworld Dreams being in this format, it's, it's triple black for Gary. Yeah, that's that's really heavy. Like, that's triple black. You also get Araya and Cat and Oven and... <laughs> There's a mono black deck here that's really, really good. And I've noticed, like, they're not as all in on Devotion as they were the first time around, which I kind of oh, like. I'm not complaining about that. I yeah. like that a lot. Um, there's like two cycles of devotion cards and then there's like the gods which care about devotion and that's it. Yep. Oh, and the demigods. That's good enough the demigods also care about devotion. But let's be honest, the demigods aren't really that good. Not really. Uh, the only one that I really, really like is probably Daxos because it's uh, it's a soul sister. Mm-hmm. And I like Renata Call to the Hunt. It's a four mana hard, essentially like hardened scales. <laughs> it gives it gives you creatures a plus one plus one counter. Like those are the ones I like the most, probably. Tiramat is like cool. You get to like gain a life for two mana. You can gain two life. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, not not overly impressed with most of them. Uh, Anax Harden in the Forge uh, makes a one one, or if its power was four or greater, it makes two one ones. Mm-hmm. And then Kafale, beloved by the beloved of the sea, is uh, what's the card? There's another card with this effect. What oh, I don't know, man. Spells, uh, spells your opponent's questions. cast to target this permanent cost one more to cast. Frost Titan. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't I don't know what ability you're talking about. Uh, but they all care about devotion in some sort of fashion because Daxos' toughness is equal to your devotion to white. Caliphase is equal to your power is equal to yours in blue. Tiramet's devotion to black is toughness. Annex's power and devotion is red. And then Renata's is power is devotion to green. So it's like Which I don't understand that one. Why is green, you know, toughness, but black is I mean, why is green powering black is toughness? I think that should be the other way around. You think so, right? Tiramat's a war is like a war leader, and you want as many you want his power to be greater because you have more devotion to black. Whereas Renata is like you want a tougher creature because it's green, so it's like toughness should be going up. I don't get it. Yep, I don't either, but same thing with uh, Caliphate. Caliphate's weird. It's backwards because it's like it's a blue card, so its power shouldn't go up. Its toughness should go up. Blue's known for having larger toughness creatures, harder to deal with creatures. Instead, this thing only has three toughness, and it's going to be like a 7-3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can see that being played in like mono green. I mean, uh, mono blue in, in Pioneer. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it beats out like Thassa or Tempest Gin on, on the three drop spot, but it's a cool design. Um, we got a lot of cool reprints in the set too. Idyllic Tutor got a much, reprint. Much needed for commander commander reprints, and like you can't really throw that one in a master set, and people be like, "Well, why did this get a reprint?" Yeah. Okay. Whereas like in standards, like, oh, cool, that's awesome. We you know this, that this goes might actually see standard. 
Yeah, that might actually see standard play when you gave us an enchantment-based set, too. So. Oh, God, this could go find Heliod. <laughs> yes, it can. <laughs> Why? Why'd you do this to us, wizards? Why? <laughs> Carl, what is the problem? Oh. Um, looking through some other stuff, like looking at some of these escape cards, trying to see if there's a broken one. The bo- The most busted one I could find is the Satyr's Gambit or whatever it is. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Satyr's Cunning. For one red mana, you get to create a 1-1 red Satyr creature token with this creature can't block. Escape is three and exile two other cards. Yep. This is really sweet. This is like the best escape payoff I've seen. Like, that's not like stupid, stupid, over-the-top pushed. Uh, this one and the fruit of Tizirius or whatever the cavern pronounces. That's the the black burn spell, right? The black target player loses two life for one red mana for one black mana, and then escape is three and a black and exile three other cards. Yeah, cards are really sweet. Which, lets you lets you be able to cast uh, your burn spells from the graveyard. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's going to be fun. It's got a lot of pushed cards. Oh, we didn't even talk about Perforos, the Bronze-Blooded, being freaking Ilharg Part 2. I Here's the thing, is like, Ilharg just does the thing better. So, like, unfortunately, Ilharg... Eh, like, Ilharg is just going to overshadow it, because you just get to do everything you want with Ilharg already. So why are you playing this clunky card that, like, can't do anything until the turn after anyway, when Ilharg does the same thing? I mean, it gives your other creatures haste, too. Also, it's three mana activate, put it into play. And then you sacrifice your Ilharg at the end step, and it goes third from the top of your deck to draw later. I mean, yeah, there's there's definitely, like, upsides to both, but if if I was to play one of those, I'm going to be playing an Ilharg deck and, like, just smashing face with it. Like, if I'm, if I'm trying to cheat big stuff into play, I'm going to play the creature that does it when he attacks. Yeah, but that gives your opponents a chance to deal with it before you get to attack with it. No, that's why I just put, you know, um, lightning greaves on it. Now they can't touch it. (laughs) Good luck with that one, sure. (laughs) You were talking about for standard play, weren't you? Yes. Oh. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, there's but. There's this card called Sneak Attack, Carter. I don't know if you know of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> it does a much better job than anything we could come up with. Uh, but no, like, I was talking for standard. Like, this gets to cheat in Elharg for three mana, and then you get to, like, Elharg attacks, and you put in another creature, and if your devotion's big enough, you could also attack with Perforos and just kill somebody on one turn. Um, There was... Uh, for a hot minute, there was a sweet combo with uh, Siona, Captain of the Pileus. Uh, I I have no idea how to say some of these words, man. Uh, some of these of names are, are real up. out They're there. They're a bunch of made-up words. No one cares. Uh, but this is a 2-2 for green, white, and one. Uh, legendary human soldier. When it enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. Reveal an aura from them. Put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Uh, in a random order. I'm sorry. Uh, and then when this becomes, when whenever an aura you control becomes attached to a creature you control, create a 1-1 white human soldier. So you combo this in c- Commander with, um, what is that card called, man? 
Um, you got to help me out here because I don't know what you're talking about. The enchantment that when a creature enters the battlefield, you can put it put it on it, dude. The combo card. I don't freaking remember. I'm talking about this um, so long ago. Shielded by faith. There it is. Uh, is white, white, and one enchant creature. It has indestructible, indestructible, and whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you may attach shielded by faith to that creature. So um, you just have infinite creatures with the last one being indestructible. Uh, this tutors for it because you know it digs seven cards deep, which is really far, especially in green white. Um, so like it, it seems really powerful. But it's just like, what does the other, you know, 98 cards look like? Yeah. Um, like, you get, like, the the green pacifism effects. You get the white pacifism effects. Um, you get, like, Dark Seal Mutation and Lignify and Song of the Dryads as, like, actual removal this card can find. So there's there's some playable stuff. I don't know what the the rest of the deck looks like, though. Yeah. And so I, I can't tell you, hey, this is the best commander from this set. But if, like, quick front runner, it's my favorite of them. Um, and it's not something I'm actively going to be working on. So. Yep. Anything else? What else we got, man? Any Anything else you want to touch on? Um, the lands are really pretty. They're so pretty, man. If I could find them in foil, I probably will, but I'm probably not going to buy I'm, them because they're going to be fucking expensive. I'm terrified of knowing what how expensive they are. I think... In, I can't remember how you're supposed foil. to... Because there's normal basics, too. I don't, oh, I haven't I, seen them. The normal basics are just like the like regular basics. I don't know how you're supposed to get these guys because I'm not sure if they're just in collector's boosters or if they're in bundles or if, what oh, they're in. I, I bet they're in collector's boosters because they hate us. Well, I, I know that's how you get the foil ones. That's how you get them in foils and collector's boosters, but they also come in other products. I just don't know what they come in. I'm currently looking on Star City to see if I can find them. See if they have them for pre-sale. I'm going to look on Card Kingdom. Oh my lord, I hate Star City's update, man. Having multiple pages for the same set or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't need multiple lines to have the same, like, you don't need Elspeth's Nightmare on here four times. Like, I want to look at specifically English non-foil copies. You don't need multiple lines for everything else. Um, but, but, uh, uh, full arts are currently 50 cents, and the full art Foils are currently four dollars. It looks like four to five dollars. That's not bad. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be picking me a set up of these for for, for the cube because uh, the they're so pretty, man. They're very pretty. These are probably some of the best lands we've ever seen. Like this is the best way to do full arts. It, it, they're so unique, and that's what I like about them. I probably pick up. I could, if I could find a mountain in a forest for foils, I probably pick them up for dredge. Oh man, we're moving off of the seventh uh, editions. We've been off. Seventh editions have been swapped around in other decks. Currently, they're uh, Las Vegas Grand Prix foils. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's what they currently are. Because I found those for cheap. Yeah, those were those are expensive there for a hot minute. Yeah. 
Anything else? Anything else you want to touch on this week, man? Nope. I just asked you the same thing. I got a whole lot thing. of nothing, so I got a whole lot of nothing. Get us out of here. All right, everybody. As always, you can find us on Twitter, uh, Attack for Zero, myself, at Carter Noble 25 and Carl at Musical underscore 33. Um, you can find Carl and I both on Twitch as well. Um, I'm going to be streaming a little more actively than what I had been. Um, life there for a while was a little little rough and couldn't really have, like had free time to do so, but everything should be working out a little better now to be able to do that. So, um, let's see. You can find me at MrMissouri25 on, on Twitch and Carl at Musical. Um... We have a Discord server. Please feel free to join it. Um, if you are interested in talking magic with us, if you're interested in talking Pokemon sports, whatever whatever it is, whatever you have an interest in, um, we basically have a room for it on, on the Discord. So, And if we don't, don't be afraid to ask. You know. So um, past that, you can also reach out to us through email. Our email is out in the show notes. Feel free to email us there. Uh, questions, comments, and concerns, anything you want to see, hear, anything else. So past that i think that is it this week we will be back next week with um standard action probably because we have the we have the release of it on of theros on arena this week so um probably be back with a little indication of where we're at and the formats so um till then we will see you next week have a good one peace